Are your kitchen and bathroom way overdue for a remodel? Well, I got the guy for you. Call John Sellers at First Response Contracting, 484-256-7136. Both residential and commercial services, and he's licensed and insured. Call him at 484-256-7136, First Response Contracting. Hello, this is Brad Wiseman. You're listening to Real Estate and You. We are back in the studio, and we have a really cool show lined up here for you today. We have something a little different. We have a guy that is on the show here that's going to talk about short-term rentals. So you might know them as Airbnb, or you might know them as VRBO, or whatever you want to call them, but there's a business out there for that. There's a business, and people that that um, actually are renting them or renting them from somebody. People own these places. So we are going to talk to Sean Moore. He's from a company called Vodacy, which he started. Sean, how you doing, man? Awesome, Brad. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And, and I just want to say yeehaw, but I know you're from Utah, so there's no real reason yeah. to say that, right? Hey, hey, we like cowboys from anywhere. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I was out in Utah, by the way. I was out there with my family. Um, we were uh, went to, where did we go to? Park City, right? Is it Park City? Yeah. 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 We were at the, uh, the Olympic uh, Park. And uh, awesome. stayed right outside of there, and what a great state! What a beautiful state! Beautiful. Um, yeah, we're uh, we're getting finally getting some snow this year. We're uh, I, I live up in the ski resort areas here, and so we uh, I told somebody yesterday. They said, "How's it going this year?" And I said, "I don't think I'm going to see my grass until July." We've got about six feet of snow in my yard right now, and the, wow. the resorts have over ten, so they're uh, they're enjoying it right now. Oh, that's funny because you know for us to hear that we haven't gotten one stitch of snow really yet. I mean, we're in Pennsylvania, so we either get yeah. dumped on by a blizzard yeah. or we get pretty much nothing. So it's uh, pretty interesting, but Utah is beautiful. You know, another thing I saw out there real quick was the salt flats. Uh, that was pretty interesting too. Very, yeah, very, inter- very cool. If you've never seen them and, and uh, super unique to be able to go out there and, and check those salt flats out for sure. Yeah. That was amazing and how big it was. So you yeah. are doing something different and you're doing it at a very high level. The reason that you and I hooked up here with this podcast is because most of the shows I do are about investing in real estate in in a certain way, basically having long-term tenants and things like that. You're doing something different. You're you're really specializing in what we call short-term rentals. And and if you want to just uh, give me a, a, a little bit of a brief synopsis of what the difference is between short-term and long-term. Right. Yeah. So, so kind of the definition for short-term rentals are really any stays less than 30 days. So 30 day stays or less would be considered a short-term rental. Typically we think of vacation homes, nightly rentals in destination type of locations, Airbnb type properties is what really short-term rentals are for the majority of people when they think about it, but really the definition of short-term rentals, any, any stay that's less than 30 days. And so that's where we started kind of getting into uh, I've been doing it since 2006, but it's been yeah. very, very popular right now. Yeah, it's well, it's very popular. And back then, there was no Airbnb or VRBOs yeah. and stuff, right? I mean, you right. you kind yeah. of were the trendsetter. Uh, Airbnb was coming out, and there was kind of more couch surfing and shared space and things like that. And then Verbal was out, or VRBO was out, and, and they started doing whole homes. And so it just has kind of evolved. It's always kind of been around. It's not right. that it wasn't right. around. It just wasn't mainstream and, and really recognized and, and as popular as a travel choice as it is today. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. So I'm going to just to read, this is what it, what it, you have on your website. From re- reading real estate books at the public library to 
cashing your first wholesale check out of, right out of college. Uh, you've always been interested in finding the best opportunities in real estate. In your 22 years in the industry, you've flipped homes, built a portfolio of long-term rentals. You've done land development deals. You've done high-end luxury resort properties. And now you're the number one short-term rental education company and mastermind group in the world. That's crazy. Yeah, we've, uh, yeah, we've been around the block a little bit with uh, with real estate investing in general. I love real estate in general. I tell people every asset class has its pros and cons. We've landed on short-term rentals because it checks a lot of different boxes for us. But you know, I, I'm a I'm a real estate guy by heart and by trade, and just just love all different asset classes. And we happen to really enjoy short-term rentals right now. Yeah, it, and you know, I don't think this is going anywhere. I, I really think that this is a business or a thing that that's going to keep going. I know during COVID, I heard it was going crazy because people wanted to just get the hell out of their house. They yeah. didn't. It didn't even matter if it was a house that was an hour away. They just wanted a di- right. different scenery. Right. And and short term rentals were on a pretty rapid growth spurt. Seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. They were starting to get become a lot more mainstream. Well, when COVID hit, it just accelerated that progress as far as maturing as an asset class. Gotcha. And so having a short-term rental, owning a short-term rental for the last couple of years was like having toilet paper during COVID. Almost anybody <laughs> who owned a short-term rental made money. I like so that. It wasn't, you know, it's a great asset class, but the the demand far exceeded the supply. We're yeah. starting to see supply catch up and we're starting to see the asset itself mature into a mainstream asset class. And just like any other mainstream asset class or any other business, once it's a mature business, the majority of the money is made toward the top of the market. It's that yeah. 80, 20 rule, right? Yep, just absolutely. like, you know, your real estate agent yep. usually, and that's even skewed more than 80, 20, um, cause I, I own a brokerage as well. I know what, what those numbers look like. Usually about 5% of the agents make 95% of the money. Yep. And so, and, and it, that's where we're starting to see short-term rentals go because COVID just accelerated the maturity of this asset class. And so it's, it's really a lot of fun. And a lot of people are, you know, trying to figure it out still yeah. because it was a wild ride for a couple of years that was never going to last. But what it did is it really accelerated the, the, not only for the consumer accelerated the, you know, the ability to go use these, the preferred accommodation that people started to to choose over hotels. I mean, short-term rentals have been the shining star of the hospitality game yeah. for the last few years now yeah. and very much the preferred accommodation choice, but it doesn't mean now you should just jump into the game and it, and it solves all your problems. Yeah. Right? You, you got to know what you're doing. I mean, there's, there's, Absolutely. you know, and that's kind of, I guess that's what you're doing through your, through your Vodacy, through your website and everything is you're training people, you're teaching people or, or coaching people is the best term, I guess, coaching people yeah. on how to do this the correct way, not make the mistakes that maybe you've made across the, uh, over yeah, the years. Yeah. yeah. So do I, so do I. Um, so, you know, that's really cool. And, and I think, like I said, I see this as a, as a big time, uh, asset group that's going to keep growing. I really do. Yeah. I think people are, are not as much into the hotels and the resorts as much as they used to be. And, yeah. um, you know, the only thing I think that that's still, it's funny for myself when we go to like Florida or something like that, and we've done the, uh, the Airbnbs down there, uh, so actually Apollo beach area. And, you know, the only thing you get a little nervous about is, is the, is it going to be what it looks like on yes. the pictures? 
You know, you always know that if you go to a Marriott or you go to a Holiday Inn or something, you know kind of like when you go to a McDonald's, you know the 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 quality you're going to get. Is it the best yeah. quality? No, but it's consistent. You know that there's a level there's a level that they don't go below. And that's the yes. one thing that that I think is the only challenge yet I think is is that, but I'm sure they have rating systems now and you have reviews from people that stayed there before, you know? So that's probably yeah. making that better. It makes it better, but it's not going away, right? This yeah. is a billion dollar industry, going to be a multi-billion dollar industry that is really run by a whole bunch of mom and pops. Yeah. And not everybody operates their business the exact same way. Most owners, the average, the average short-term rental portfolio is like 1.2 houses. So wow. it's not even two, right? Yeah, right, so most right. People have one or two houses and it started off as grandma's cabin and we're going to supplement some income and throw it on Airbnb because it's a platform that allows us to do so, yep. but it's risky and then what happens is you have a lot of, you know, filters and Photoshopping and everything else. And all of a sudden, you know, even selling real estate, you yep. have to be really careful about something can look really, really good online yep. and show up and it's not quite what you were expecting. Well, that's risky as a consumer yeah. to walk into that. And so, yeah, there's a lot of things that you have to be aware of. And, and what I hope to do with the industry as we see it mature and I always tell people, this is going to be, I think we're walking into the time of the professional host where yeah. those hosts that take it more professional, understand branding, understand some of that, some of those different things, because that is a concern because the consumer wants some level of predictability, right? Yeah. And so we want to be able to deliver that to them. In fact, when we take photos, like you're, people are making booking decisions online with photos. Yeah, We know that, but the the tendency is you can really with technology today, you can make a listing look way better than it looks. Yeah. That's going to be, that's a really short term way to look at that business to get a booking because somebody's going to come in and give you a really bad review because yep. that's not what you, that's not what they walked into. That's not the experience they booked. And so it, there's a whole bunch of different things that you have to really, you know, yeah. boxes you have to check as you run down that road. Yeah. And, and, and that's true. And that's the thing with social media and these review sites and stuff, you're not going to hide for long. If no, you think you're, you're going to hide behind really nice yeah. pictures, it ain't going to happen. Within yeah. within three visits, you're going to be bashed so much you can't imagine. And what'll yeah. be nice about that, another investor will buy it and do it the right way. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's just and, the way. And on the flip side, there's people that don't know how to articulate what they do have. There's yep. beautiful homes that have really crappy pictures. Yeah. And yep. So you can go in and say, okay, I can really optimize this as well. So it's it, that's just one piece. Get more money for it. It's a great, great yeah. example of that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So let's go into... Um, by the way, I wanted to say your podcast is, is a good podcast. Uh, it is called, I forget. Can you tell me what the name of the podcast yeah, is? Vacation For, Rental Revolution. Yeah. yeah. So the, it's called the Vacation Rental Revolution. Awesome. It is a good podcast and you'll love it. If you listen to it, his kids actually introduce them in the beginning, which is really, really cool. I, I heard that and thought, darn it. Why didn't I think of that? You know, that was a good, that was a good idea. It was really nice. So let's talk about the investment part, the investment vehicle for this. Is there any difference between um, the tax advantages, disadvantages, like does it, does the IRS see it the same way? Is there things that you can do different than you couldn't, that you couldn't do with long-term? Yeah. So there, there are, um, well, because it's a short-term rental, there is a loophole we call it. Well, I don't even know if this is technically what it's called, but it's a short-term rental tax loophole that if a property has an average lease length of less than seven days, so it has to be really, you're using it as a nightly rental. You're right. not using it even as a 30 day rental, an average lease length of less than seven days. The IRS lets you materially participate in the property as an active trader business. What that allows a lot of investors to do is 
if they have full-time income, W-2 income that they're paying a lot of taxes on, they can take the losses, depreciation, wow. all those different things that real estate is so great about and great for, for tax write-offs. And you can take those losses against other active income. So gotcha. now you're, you're actively involved in that. That's huge for yeah. high income earners that are paying a lot of taxes. Because normally you can't do that. Unless you're a real estate professional. And and see, that's what's nice important. about us. <laughs> we can write it all yeah. off. And yeah. so most people aren't yeah. going to qualify as a real estate professional right. when they're investing, working another job. And so so it does have some really nice tax advantages that allow us. And there are there are boxes that you have to check off sure. to, to, what, you know, to qualify for material participation. We don't need to get into the details no. of that. But it can be even even myself where I have professional management companies on my properties, I can still materially participate on those and qualify and write off those losses. And really it's not the losses as much as it is the depreciation yeah. and the bonus depreciation. Yeah. The depreciation's nice, especially if you have a bunch of them and you're depreciating all of them. I mean, that starts yeah. to really, really uh, help out uh, your yeah, income absolutely. that you're making. It definitely does. Yeah. So there is benefit. So it is a little different. So that, that answers the question. Different. It's For a little sure different. different. Yeah. I had heard that. I didn't know what it was. Like I had heard somebody tell me that before. And, you know, we're so used to just regular purchase one year lease type situations. So we know it's 27 yeah. year depreciation, blah, 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 with yeah. the IRS, all that stuff. But I knew there was something different. What about what about the, you know, we always I always tell my clients this if if they're they're living in Florida and they decide to buy a property in Pennsylvania and they're going to rent it out for the year or whatever, you know, the absentee landlord, the the long distance yeah. landlord, all that, the fears of that, how does that get managed? Is that through the management companies that do that? Yeah. And so for me, and, and it's a little bit different than what a lot of people preach. Like our view of the world isn't the only view of the world. Just sure. really keep that in mind, right? But I want to be able to invest in properties across the country and I want to not worry about them. Yeah. And so what we do is we go find the best management partners in those local markets. So we have some amazing boots on the ground partners that's that wherever we have properties in our portfolio and we don't look at it. We don't worry about it. Like my involvement on my portfolio on each of my homes is I look at the PL at the end of every yep. month. I don't communicate with guests. I look at the PL and I look at the calendar if I want to go use my homes because yep. we do use our homes personally. Outside of that, I have full service management companies that are doing everything else, communicating with guests, check-ins, check-outs, maintenance, all that stuff. And it allows me to invest wherever we want, right? right. I live in Utah. I just got back from a proper, my property in Georgia, in Blue Ridge, Georgia. Right? Oh, nice. We, we are looking right now in, in a little bit closer to your neck of the woods up in the Poconos. And so- Oh yeah, um, you're near, that's near us. That's really cool. Yeah. Us. yeah. yeah. So um, some of the mountain areas there. Yeah. It's beautiful up there. Properties in Florida. I mean, those are, those are not in my backyard. My closest property to me is about a five hour drive. Yeah. Now, what management company are you using? Like, who do you, do you use one? Do you use different ones? Does it depend no, on where it's state? And there are, there are major national brands that we could use one across the board. I have found in my, my preference is to find the smaller boutique companies that okay. are local to those areas okay. that understand those areas. Just like when we go and find our real estate agents yeah, in those yeah. areas, I want to find the best in the business in those areas. And sometimes it's a big, sometimes they're bigger on the management side. We typically lean toward the little bit smaller boutique companies rather yeah, interesting. than big national brands. That's interesting. And that's, that's good advice because you know, what's funny. I never knew there were boutique ones. I always thought it was Airbnb, a VRBO, Verbo, whatever you want to call them. Um, I always thought those are the ones, you know, and, and I didn't think there was any smaller boutique ones, but there are. So if you if you yeah, buy a house in certain, little, so like on that topic too, Brad, yeah. and, and, and 
Airbnb, Verbo, Booking.com, all those different places. Those are really just the, those are your booking channels, right? Gotcha. Those aren't your management companies. Those gotcha. Are, we're, those are, we call those OTAs or online travel agencies. Okay. Where we're going and putting properties on there and borrowing their customer base. Gotcha. To be able to put our, put our properties because they have millions of eyeballs on there to, but our management companies actually will put our properties on those, but they're gotcha. going to manage those listings as well. So two different things. So I'm, I'm a little confused. And this is why we're doing the podcast. See, I don't yeah. know what the hell I'm talking <laughs> <Absolutely>. about, <laughs> but no, that's good to know. So there's actually people that are managing the properties in each one of those markets. And they're the ones that do check in, check out, check for damage, yeah. make sure it's clean, you know, all those yeah. things. And, and that's, that's cool. I didn't, I didn't realize that, which is well, nice. Because- one thing that is what people don't realize too. And you're, especially if you're coming from the long-term world with management companies, you're used to maybe eight, 10% management fees. We budget in 30% of our gross revenue for our management company. It's our largest wow. expense by far. Right. And so sometimes people will jump into this asset class and they're shocked by how can you make any money with a 30% management fee? Sometimes you can't. And that's why underwriting comes in and you have to very understand your underwriting. And that's why you have so many self-managers is they buy these assets and they didn't underwrite in oh, the management geez. part of it. And yeah. say, okay, now I'm forced to, to manage it myself or I'm not going to make any money. And then it becomes a headache that becomes a second job. And that's, the, those are the, those people that you hear about being a long distance landlord, it becomes yep. a pain in the butt. And, and that's, that's where the underwriting really comes in to understand what you're going to pay for different services in this game, because yeah. it's totally different than the long-term game. So you're saying the management could be 30%. Well, the thing about it though, you're not talking about somebody leaving every year. You're talking about somebody leaving and checking in. Every, it could be two days, yeah, three days, a week. Days. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's yeah. a, there's a lot more work there involved, a lot Absolutely. more cleaning going on, a lot more of everything. So yes. it, that's, it, that's really interesting. And wear and tear is more because people moving yeah. in and out, you get more it wear is. and tear on the property. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, it's amazing. It's very interesting. So you you talked, and, and we'll get through this real quick. They talked about the, the three phases of investing in vacation rentals, and it's acquisition, management, and marketing. I mean, just, I mean, you don't have to go too deep into that, but basically, obviously, the, the acquisition is, is looking for the property. What do you look for? I mean, do you just go, yeah. I want a house in Georgia, or do you search out homes all over the place? Yeah, so we... we we understand how to underwrite anywhere, right? Well, our underwriting process, I'm going to do the exact same thing in Georgia as I'm going to do in Utah, Florida, Pennsylvania. It doesn't matter. My underwriting is, is what it is. Yeah. But I always tell people because of the personal use aspect of this type of a portfolio, I always tell people the first question I ask them is where do you, if you had to tell me, forget um, about yeah. if you think it's investable or not, where do you want to own a vacation home? Yeah. Where would you love to yeah. own vacation homes? And we'll start there. And then we will unpack the market. The, is it short-term rental friendly? Some markets aren't, you know, you might say, I want a property in X city and we find out that they don't allow short-term rentals. Right? Yeah. That's so, what I want to get into that too, before we're yeah. done. Actually it, during this acquisition, it's a good time to bring this up. Cause this it's to perfect. me is yeah, it's during the acquisition. It's one of the biggest mistakes. Huge. People just say, okay, I'm going to go invest. And they look on Airbnb and think, well, I must be able to do it there because there's a whole bunch of properties on Airbnb or Verbo, right? And that's not the case. Yeah, 2022 was the year of regulations. When I talked to you about COVID really accelerating the the maturity of this asset class, now municipalities are saying whether we we like short-term rentals, whether we don't, where they can be operated, what the rules and regulations are, what the licensing and permitting is, is for these. So I actually think it's a really good thing. It shows that the asset class is maturing. You can't go build an apartment complex yeah. anywhere yeah. you want. It has to have the correct zoning and the permits to be able to do so. 
can't put a 7-Eleven on any corner that you want, right? Short-term rentals are becoming the same way. They're They're being regulated because they weren't regulated before because there wasn't enough of them. As soon as you start getting enough of them, and here's what happens too, the neighbors are aware of them. Yes. As soon as the neighbors are aware of them, now it becomes, hey, what are they doing, you know? Uh, yeah, And that was my big thing is that I used to be on the planning commission for Spring Township um, and for, for our area here. And I got to tell you, this stuff's coming up. And 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 that's the thing. The only thing I get concerned about is, is Big Brother on, on a small level, like a borough or yeah. township, are they going to really – uh, are they going to cut this out completely? I don't know how they can do that because it's still, it's private property. And if I want to use it to do something like that, I should be able to do it within reason, but there's gotta be rules, within regulations, reason, things yeah. like that. And, yeah. and I think that there's, I think that there's an argument on both sides yeah. for sure. Yep. Like I'm a, I'm like probably like you, I'm very pro property ownership yep. rights. Yep. And yep. Like I'm going to be very like that. That's what I believe in. Yep. But I do, I do think that just because, because they are a specific asset class, I do think that, um, responsible, you know, zoning and planning and where you want them, how you want them operated, how many you're going to allow. I think that that works. Now, I don't think that there, some of these, some of these areas, the pendulum has swung really far one way where they say, we don't want it. Well, they're saying they don't want any, they're saying they don't want any. I believe it's going to come somewhere in the middle. It is also, you, you have to remember it's a, it's a fairly large revenue generator for a lot of these areas. And so there's a lot of these areas that don't have major hotel chains. They don't yeah. have um, any way to make money on travelers coming in. And because it, it it's so popular right now and people are being able to do it, most of these municipalities are making anywhere from 14 to 19% hospitality tax on every single state. On the short terms, on the short, you're, you're paying. Oh, no way. Cause yeah. I was going to say, I smell a tax coming up, right. and, and <laughs> a exactly short term rental tax. It's what it is. Yep, it's yep. there, right? We yep, absolutely. Now. And so because of that, that's why you're not going to see most places just say, no way, we're not going to yeah. allow it if you are a destination that people are coming into. How right? can we so make money off of it's it? It's about the money. Follow the money. <laughs> Follow right? the money, you'll always. Find, you'll, you'll find where, where they're going to, you know, what they're going to do. But that being yeah. said, I only invest in areas that have a yes or a no. I don't invest in the no's, but yeah. I don't invest in the areas that haven't addressed it yet. And the areas that haven't addressed it are fewer and farther between. Yeah. But I look for areas that have said, yes, we allow short-term rentals. Here's how you follow it. Here's how you get your permit. And smart. that's the areas we look at. Smart, smart, smart. Well, we're almost at the end here. I just want to really quick talk about your book because I think when somebody writes a book, we should definitely talk about it because I think that's awesome. You have a book called What the Hell is a Lifestyle Asset? Can you tell me just real quickly about that book? And then we're going to have to get going. Yeah, absolutely. Books on Amazon, if anybody wants to go through it. And we've got a nine-step process that takes somebody through the acquisition phase, the setup and management phase, and the marketing phase of owning short-term rentals. And that's really why I wrote the book, to take them through our nine-step process. You can find it on Amazon, go to our website. You can get it for free if you want just a PDF copy. But yeah, it's been a a really great blueprint for somebody that is new to the game to kind of understand how to walk into it with their eyes wide open. Awesome, man. I'll tell you what, great, great time talking to you. I learned a lot about short-term rentals and I appreciate you taking the time. Sean Moore, he has a website called Vodacy. Uh, how can they, is that the best place to get in touch with you to, to learn about your, uh, your systems and how you do your coaching and all that stuff? Absolutely. Yep. Our coaching is all by invitation only. We have a ton of free stuff on there. I've got a YouTube channel, podcast. You can find links to that. Download the book. Just go to vodacy.com, V-O-D-Y-S-S-E-Y, and you find out um, any, really anything you need to know about us and how to get a hold of us. 
Fantastic, man. I really appreciate it. All right, that's it. That's it for the show. Thanks so much, Sean. There you have it. That was Sean Moore from Vodacy. He was amazing. I'll tell you what, I've always wanted to learn about short-term rentals, and I finally got some of my questions answered. If you have any questions, make sure you go see him at Vodacy.com, I believe he said. We'll have the information on our Instagram, on our Facebook, and everywhere else. We will be here every Thursday at 1 p.m. to give you more information about real estate. We'll see you soon. Are your kitchen and bathroom remodels a little overdue? Well, now's your chance to call First Response Contracting. John Sellers will take care of you. 484-256-7136. They do residential and commercial, and they're licensed and insured. Give them a call at 484-256-7136.